This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, being quick on the draw is Nebra for United. And it's status quo for D as they go down, down, deeper and down. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams. I'm Tom Duthie. And podcasting alongside me, literally alongside me today, it's working like in a straight line here, it's quite strange, facing the wall boys, we've all been naughty, is the man with the Dundee United plan, Ewan Smith. Hello, how you doing? And the man who knows when the, the deer are going down, Graham Finnan. <laughs> you could be right, Tom, hello everyone. That was a nice positive start. Anyway, on to business. We'll try to be positive this week. Nobody knows what we're going to start with, but we'll start with Dundee United because they're in a race with Europe, for Europe, with Europe. They can race Europe if they like. Ewan, it, it does strike me that this should be exciting because there's six teams split by a point. Three are going to miss out in the top six. There's a European place up for grabs, but it's not the greatest race in the world because everybody keeps drawing or getting beat. No, I agree with that. When you actually look, you look at Hibs have got 37 points and Celtic on top and Hibs are in fourth. Celtic are talking about 73 points. Um, but you're right, you're right about how close it is. I mean, the irony of all this is the six teams are within a point of fourth place of a European place. But if they just miss out on the top six, they'll be kicking themselves because come the end of the season, they could actually have a points tally that's equal to or greater than the team that actually finishes in the in the fourth place. You know, so. Um, the next few games for Dundee United are absolutely crucial. I know we always talk about must-win games, but they really are must-win games, and they've got tough ones. I think you know the obviously the cup tie. We'll talk about the cup tie in a minute, but in terms of the league, they've got Hibs away, they've got St Mirren away, and then they've got Dundee Derby. Those are three massive games before the split. Equally, they're the kind of games, given that Hibs and St Mirren are in amongst the fight with them for that place, that if they win those games, then they should be in the top six. Um, and to be honest. I mean, I'm always Mr. Positivity when it comes to Dundee United. Um, if they do get in the top six, I would back them to, to have a real chance of getting a European spot. But I'm not at a stage sure whether they're going to get in the top six or not. We need to wait and see how they go on with these games. Um, the Hibs game for me is absolutely massive. That said, Hibs haven't been on, on their game recently. St Myrna are probably the team that are maybe a bit better than Hibs at the moment. So there you go. Our Hibs don't seem to be able to score and Bear United don't seem to be able to win. Certainly not too often. I was looking their last 15 league games, two wins. That's not European form, is it? No, it, it isn't. But the, the, irony, the irony of it all is that um, none, of these teams, none of these teams have um, shown any European form, have they, Bear? I mean, none of them have really picked up and done anything like that. No, I think... Uh I think you're right, and especially when it boils down to the last last three games before the split, it's the team that is going to pick up the wins who will get there. Um, and you know you have got it tough uh, with the games, but I'm sure they're all going to be the same. And I look at you, and I think you look at for the forum, the forum teams. And if you were if you were picking at the start of the season who you think would make it, it wouldn't be the two that are the forum teams at the moment. It's Livingston and Ross County, and Ross County especially seem to have the bit between the teeth. They seem to have sorted out their early season defensive woes. And they're still scoring at the other end, so it's whether they can keep that run going. Can a can a can a club like Ross County be expected to, to go on a, a six game unbeaten run at you know at this at this stage of the season? But it's all to play for. And it should be really exciting, Tom, 
It should be really exciting. That's what we're saying. But is it going to be really exciting? Is the quality of football, is the standard of football going to be really exciting or is it just going to be a grind? You hope that whoever gets there does it on merit and they don't just scrape over the line. But three games to go, one defeat can be fatal. You could find yourself, you know, chasing behind the pack and then relying on results elsewhere. So, yeah, it'll be tough for for United, but not beyond them. Certainly not with that that defensive solidity that they've had and they've shown all season. Unit... It occurs to me actually, as well as being the foreign teams right now, Livingston and Ross County, because of where they were uh, until a few weeks ago, they were looking over their shoulder at the bottom two. They've been living with pressure all season. Does that maybe over the next few weeks until the split, does that give them an advantage? Whereas a lot of the rest, Hibs, United, Motherwell, have been going along okay in mid-table without too much pressure. uh, Because the big pressure if you're not going for a title, it's down at the bottom. In the middle, it's a bit... Uh, not easy is the wrong word, but it's a bit more relaxed. I can kind of see where you're coming from, but I don't entirely agree because I think that... Get out then. No, no <laughs> but I, th- I think you're, you're, now, you're now literally in a three-game season um, to get into the top six. And any team that's within that pack of six teams are looking at it and saying, right, they'll be really, really focused. All of them, there should be some really tight games there. Um, I don't imagine there's going to be any any massive uh, wins either way, but they are all under pressure right now because even though they're not none of those teams are likely to get relegated, well they're highly unlikely to get relegated, they're all under pressure to, to save their season because bottom six for a club that done United, I know they just narrowly missed out last year. They 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 view themselves as a top six club and a side that should be pushing for Europe. And I know we say like Livingston, maybe Ross County are more of the unfashionable sides that maybe maybe probably see themselves as, as surviving in the, the Premiership, but they've done very well and unfashionable teams sometimes do go on runs. I'm not going to mention a club that's close to my heart, but I will mention our prof. But, <laughs> but unfashionable I think teams do, did mention do go on runs and, and Bear will probably back me up on this because he's, he's seen Livingston and Ross County playing against Dundee. They are actually very capable football uh, teams. They're not where they are. Um, by accident, they're there because they they've, uh, they're very well organised and they have got some very talented players. Yeah, they do. And I mean, I'm looking at. I mean, obviously, I've saw seen St. Man last night at Dens, but I've got to say, they didn't impress me that much. They don't look like a side that is well capable of going st- and stringing wins together. You you never know what can happen. But for me, Livy and, and Ross County, um, you know, are, are the two two to watch. Um, you're right enough though about. You know, is it acceptable for the likes of Dundee United to finish in the bottom six? And that's that's the big thing. Livingston and Ross County could bounce that off quite easily. If they don't, you know, it's it's unlucky they've missed out. There could be added pressure on Tam Courts if he doesn't get that United side into the top six. And that's that brings pressure on itself in the games that have got to come because they know that what's at stake and what could be an acceptable season and what could turn into an unacceptable season is fans' perceptions of where their club should be. And I'm just looking at the club that's just sitting above the relegation places, Aberdeen. And they, you know, they they thought that they should be taking a European spot this season. It now looks almost a certainty that they will finish in the bottom six. And you can, you know, that's that's a hard place for for Jim Goodwin to start off on. But uh, looking at our own clubs, I mean, we'll, we'll, United obviously they've got the cup tie first. But St. Manley, I think that's a game they can go in and, and and get three points. And if they do that. They give themselves a real chance because the clubs around them they don't have to play the old firm. So I would imagine without. You know, one or two of these clubs are going to have going to be facing the old firm along the way, so that's going to be uh, not not un- 
you know, impossible to pick up points, but it gets more difficult to pick up points, especially with the old firm neck and neck in the title race. So the fact that you, know, you don't have to play the old firm is, is, is a plus. Um, but it's just whether they can find the wins, Tom. That's the big the big problem with United. You know, we've seen this all season. They, they, they can't seem to turn, you know, the draws into wins, which is, is, uh, makes so much of a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's against my better nature, but let's be positive. St Mirren, Hibs and Dundee are the three United League games before the split. You couldn't pick better, given, the you know, what's in that league. Uh, St Mirren, we've just heard, bear un- unimpressed, even though they won at the end. Hibs haven't been scoring. Dundee haven't been winning, haven't been scoring, are used to getting beat. So you, you tend to think... God love my Dundee, but you tend to think if you score the first goal against Dundee, you'll you'll go on and win. History of this season shows that's the case. So United should be sitting there thinking, not only can we secure a top six place here, this can be the start of our sort of run into a European place these next three games. Yeah, and, and the ironic fact, I know we're not talking about the Cup this stage, the ironic fact from Dundee United this season, for all that they can't put wins together and sometimes their performances haven't been great in, at times, they have always stepped up to the plate against the old firm and they've got one of the old firm in the cup and I firmly believe that they will go in and they will perform really well against Celtic and that could be a catalyst for what happens in the Well, league. I mean, let's not speak about the cup. If they get in the top six, they've got Rangers and Celtic in the final five games and they've taken points off both of them. They've beaten Rangers this season. Yeah, yeah that's, true. With them. that's true. And the point about Hibs as well, um, uh, I was at Easter Road earlier the season when they beat Hibs and they did Happy battle. place for them to go. Great performance. Yeah. Probably one of the best performances of the season and their best result of the season. And and for all, they've been lacking in goal threat and attacking now. So they, they absolutely ripped the Hibs defence apart that day, you know, and they, they really looked like a side that could archipelago scoring goals. And if I touch upon Saturday's game against Hearts, the first half was disappointing. I mean, it was a crazy first half. I mean, Hearts had five, was players, five <laughs> players injured in the first half. And done was it six players? Play- well, Sweeney as well. Six players and all went off injured in the same game. Yeah, Hearts had said they had one, they had Ginelli that was injured after full time. So um, I actually had made a joke to the Hearts PR guy. I mean, we do, you know, we don't interview the Hearts players, but when he was going to get a Hearts player, I said, make sure that he's careful coming up the steps because he's likely to trip and hurt himself. He's, the way things are going for you. But, um, but the first half wasn't great for United from that perspective, but they were so much better in the second half. They were on it. They scored an absolute world day of a strike. You know, it was a brilliant goal for Liam Swift. Um, and that and they looked like a side that were really on this end. So they got the penalty, scored, and actually it is a bit of a heartbreaker for them in that sense. Not to quite to coin a pun, but they they probably and for the second half performance, maybe not in the game overall, probably deserve to walk away with three points, and it would have been a fantastic three points. I think we would be looking at this and thinking they're really right in the mix for this top six. They've got a real fighting chance of uh, sealing it in the next couple of games, but. As it is, it's touching going But again, I mean, if there's a word that sums up United season for me, it's frustration. Because they get to the verge of what you think is going to be a good thing. And I've excited myself about the run into Europe here with these thoughts of the last few minutes. But they roared back on Saturday against Hearts, got back 2-1 up and they're, they're going well. And you're like, that's a great result. And they'll lose a goal. It's class, it's, it's, it sums up their season just when you think, oh, this is this is this is good. Something something goes awry. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I, I think back to the game at Celtic Park earlier in the season, and they were 
they held Celtic really well, a really good side for, for 90 odd minutes and it was literally... Lost a crazy goal too. Yeah, it was, and, and it was the first time in the whole game the defence had switched off, you know, and, and that's a frustration, you know, they think that, but against Rangers, you know, they were winning 1-0 and they looked good, they looked comfortable. I know Rangers um, were attacking in numbers and they had chances, but I was looking at Dunny United defence that day until they lost goal, thinking, I think that they'll hold on, and they didn't. So there have been moments like that in games, you know, where it just hasn't it hasn't worked out. But it's a rollercoaster season. I mean, Beryl, Beryl have seen over the years. You do get, you get this one week, you're, you're up as a support and you're thinking... No, no, we tend to have a, it's a, it's a, it's a great big slidey yeah, from think, top to bottom. I think from First our, day of the season, you're optimistic. One week you're down and the next week you're further down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a downhill roller. <laughs> I think from United, I think the disappointing thing on, on Saturday was they lost the goal. I think there was about 10 minutes to go and Halkett scores and it's a corner kick and it's that's so unlike United to lose goals from, from set plays like that. I know they want to park head. But that was more of an overlap up the right-hand side in the break. But set plays are normally pretty solid, so they'll be disappointed in that. But we spoke last week they on were, it. By the time of the goal, though, they were without their normal set right, defence, okay. weren't they? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, that, 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 off that explains it, yeah. That, 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 that would explain it. And to be fair, Craig Halkett is one of these guys who gets up really well in the box, you know. He, he did, and he's one of these guys who, who can head, he's a rare breed of a setter half who can actually header the ball towards the target. He doesn't just put his head on and it goes anywhere. Um, but we spoke last week, uh, you know, Hearts was always going to be a tough game for United because it's, if there's any team that's given United problems this season, it is Hearts. They seem to have had their number. And when Liam Boyce scored in the first minute, you thought, oh, oh, danger signs here, danger. But they thought they'd be back. So, but losing the goal so late, they will be disappointed in that respect. But they can take Hearts from the, the fact they have gone to Easter Road. Like that's the one after the St Mirren game and, and did, as you say, turned in the, their top performance of the season. It's all a knife edge. It really is. And it's going to be really exciting. And I think, I've got to say, the excitement after the split is mainly going to be in the top six this season because you've got the two teams, Celtic and Rangers, who are still going to be neck and neck. So wherever they go in that top six every week is going to be a big game. But there's also going to be a race on for that fourth spot. So every game should have something in it you would you would suggest right up to the, right up to the wire time. Even if you're out, even if you maybe you, you realise you're going to miss out on that that final European spot, you still might have the old firm to play, which makes the game itself could be, you know, yeah, you a, could deny one occasion. old firm title. Yeah, it's the bottom six where there might not be so much interest because there is only going to be two teams with something to play for, it looks like. And that you don't really want to be in that situation. That's another thing because, let's be honest, it, it, you need excitement in games. If you've not got the excitement in the competitive edge, that's when fans tend, tend to switch off a, a wee bit. And players as well can switch off. Um, but we'll come on to the bottom six in, uh, ah, later on, yeah. But from United's point of view, nothing sums up football doldrums like seventh place and safety in the first game after yeah. the split. You're just waiting for the season to end. But before United march on Europe, because I've decided now they're going to, you've perked me up, Ewan. I always believe that. Oh, you're, a, you're one of the great believers. But before that, of course, there's this big cup tie. First question about the cup tie, who's going to be fit? Because there's a few... Um, well, I think there's maybe positive news coming for that regard. You're right, they're missing a lot of key players over the last week. I mean, they were, they were without Charlie McGrew, Dylan Levitt, Tony Watt, Peter Pollitt all on Saturday. And then Brian Edwards broke his nose, or, well, or his nose was broken. I mean, I, I've got question marks over the validity of the challenge. I think the challenge was a little bit dodgy from the Hearts player, to be honest with you. Um, but he walked off with bloodstream, so that was five 
players who you would consider to be regular, big players, regular first team starters. You know they were regular. However, the picture picture is looking a lot more positive. I think I think Dylan Levitt will probably be back, which he's pivotal in terms of his area passing. Um, Charlie McGrew was actually apparently rested because um, he's. He's old. Yeah. Well, it was. It was you feel, just have to say it. I feel a wee bit sorry for him, but actually, Tam Corson said he's 36 and he only turned 36 the other day. So basically, his birthday's decided, right? Well, you can't play three games. I can't remember when I was 36. It was that long ago. Yeah. I wish, to be honest with you, I'm joking aside, but I wish I was as fit as Charlie McGrew. If you look around Scottish football and you look at footballers who are supremely fit, He's definitely one of them that's looked after himself over the years, but there you go. But yeah, I think he'll be back. I think Ryan Edwards has made a tough stuff, you know. Uh, the phrase we got um, from Liam Fox to Dundee United number two was he's a he's a big a big scouser, he's a tough lad, you know. As if coming for Liverpool makes you tougher, but maybe it does. But um, uh, he, he'll be back, he'll be determined to come back. Uh, Tony Watt uh, as well, I think, is, get, is supposedly going to be back in training leading up to the game as well. So... Hopefully they'll have a full complement for that, you know, in terms of the players. I think Peter Paul is the only one I think that maybe maybe doesn't seem to be anywhere close to, to coming into contention. And strangely enough about the cup tie, Bear, is the downside of this draw for Dundee United that it's a home tie? Because they have done better against Celtic this season at Parkhead. Certainly yeah, in terms yeah, of performance. Yeah, the two games at Parkhead were tight. They got a draw in the first one and, and well well deserved draw and they looked like they were heading for a draw until, you know, stoppage time in the last game. But the game at Tardice, uh, you know, I, I watched that one and it was almost as if it was a, it was a bit of a stroll in the park for Celtic. It was a bit of a training yeah, session for them, wasn't it? The possession and I was unlike United. I was unlike United that day because normally they do, they get their tackles in and they make life difficult, but Celtic found it easy too easy that day, and, and you know, if you give the, give the old firm, and you give any team, you know, a couple of goals, they're going to make life difficult for you, but if you give it to the old firm especially, and especially Celtic side, who've got so many talented players and all over the park, they can all play, you know, you're, you're climbing the mountains, but you're hoping that, you know, it, it is a cup tie, it's a different, <clears throat> it's, it's a different game, it is a cup tie, it's a different game, um, you're hoping that uh, Dungeon United can maybe get their noses in front, and give Celtic something, something to think about, um, and get the fans, get the fans going as well. Um, but have you, I mean, obviously, there's tough draws for both uh, Dundee teams getting the old firm. But somewhere along the line, the cup, you, you accept you're, if you're going to win the competition, almost certainly you're going to have to face one of the old firm somewhere down the line. So why not? Why can't it be United? You know, if the gods are smiling on them and and they, they put on the, that sort of display of defensive resilience which has been their backbone over the last 18 months 24 months and someone can come up with a goal at the other end why not why can't it be their turn to, to knock the goal for them out I know clearly not the Dundee section at the moment <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there talking of which after this be prepared for some depression right bear Dundee Dune monosyllabic section Depressed. That's right. That's a, that's the sort of words you can use at this this stage in this the morning after the night before Tom and, and again again and it really is it's a hangover for every Dundee fan who was at Dens Park last night because well well a point would, wouldn't have been the greatest result in the world given what Dundee have gone through over the last sort of week with the, with the COVID issues and, and the team they had out 
you know, it would have been a step again, once again, in the right direction, but it was such a sore blow to take. You know, you're in, you're in a stoppage time, and deep into stoppage time, I've got to say, you're in the last minute of stoppage time. Did the ball get out of the centre circle after the goal? Well, I think the referee, played, I think he could have quite, quite, you know, easily blown as soon as the kick-off was taken, because we were over time. We were over time, but we weren't the, the, the third. But I think just because I clocked St Martin's goal round about, it was three minutes of stoppage time, and it must have been about 20 seconds to go. So and he, he must have played another 30 seconds on the end of that. But what had happened was Dundee went up the park after that and had got a throw in, and you thought they're going to get a chance to throw one long one into the box, but John Beaton just blew his whistle because it was well over time, and that you have to accept that. But yeah, Dundee will be kicking themselves because they, they performed well for 70 minutes. For 70 minutes, they were well in the games. They, they created chances, but not clear-cut chances. Over the course of the piece, St Mum had the better chances in the game. Um, but Dundee were creating. Um, they started off, you know, they, they were buzzing about. McGinn, McCowan came back into play. McMullen, they were again, again playing without a recognised front man. Declan McDade was doing a good job up front, although he has got... He, he never came to the as a striker. He has got limitations, and that's got to be accepted. You know, he's not a, he's not a centre-forward. But he did put himself about to the best of his ability. But Dundee weren't really creating huge opportunities, although there were a few balls went across the goal that were just needing a touch. St Mirren had, there was a ball in the box that St Mirren player just put over the bar. And it was Eeksy Peeksy, and then Dundee started to run, run out of steam a wee bit, which isn't surprising given there's a few boys had been out and had come back. Um, and from about the, the final 20 minutes, St Mirren started taking a real grip of the game. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, from a position where you were going, I could really do with three points in this game. I was thinking, well, maybe a point wouldn't be a bad thing. You know, we're just, we're just hanging on here because St Mirren missed somebody. I, I'm not sure if it was if it was Greg Kilty or whoever it was. He was at the back post and he just had to touch it and it was in the net. And he actually he, he took a swipe and put it over the bar. From It was an open goal, effectively. St Mirren then had a goal chopped off with five minutes to go, which for me looked as though John Beaton was kind to Dundee. It was a corner kick that had come in and it was headed into the net. It looked like he'd, he'd blown for climbing. I'm not 100% sure on that because it was down the other end, but I thought Dundee got away with one. But they were seeing it out and the ball's over on the right-hand side. And, you know, you could, you could blame the, the, the central defence for, for not being picking up the guy in the middle. And he was free, but the cross has got to be stopped. At that, a tackle at that point in time would have killed the game. The referee would have, Dundee would have got set up. It would have been a free kick into the box in time. But the boy swings one, one in. Great cross. But he's just basically said, I'm just going to hump this into the middle and hopefully somebody can get on it. And unfortunately for Ibsen Rossi, I think he goes to try and attack the ball, completely misjudges it, just gets a glance on it. The guy's, uh, he must have only been seven or eight yards out, boy Ronan, great header, down into the ground and up past the young keeper. I've got to say, Harry Sharp, who was in the goal, had another fine, fine game for Dundee and he's done really well. And You know, that's that's a, a positive they can take out of the, uh, those two games. It's, it's disappointing for him, obviously, to lose a goal, but he, he never let himself down. Um, with the situation they're in. And Thomas, not so much the point. A point would have been good for Dundee and in the bigger picture looking ahead, they might look back on it and go, that was the crucial point. But it's, it's the blow to morale that's the bigger thing because you looked around the stadium, the fans were abs un absolutely and utterly dejected. It looks like they'd taken a kick, you know, where we didn't want to take a kick, you know, <laughs> if you know what I'm trying to say. It, it, was, it was a real, real low blow for them. Everybody's going out, you know, Heads down, the players are sort of quite a number of them are on their knees on the park, but it's not the end of it. It's not good. No. But it's a it's a mirror. There's still only a point. A point. Johnson, it is only a point. They have to play before the end of the season. But it's, it's a more it's more the sort of morale, and you know you, you're, you're trying to 
you would have came out with that and, and taken the point, and I'm sure Mark McGee went, well, look at the team we've had, but we've had sort of five. I mean, even before the game last night, you know, Lee Ashcroft, who, who came back on Saturday and was immense against Motherwell and a great a great performance, he's in the team, suddenly he's out the team and we think, it, we think it's illness, so it was another one. But, I mean, they've got another five or six players who who weren't, you know, guys like Mullen and, you know, Paul McGowan and Charlie Adam, and just nowhere to be seen. And, you know, they really are. They're, they're in a fight for their lives at the bottom. And I've got to say, there wasn't much about St. Man. There wasn't much. So it was a game maybe they could have taken something from. But it's just the nature of the way they lost that game, I think, more than the fact that they've let a point slip. I think the point isn't insurmountable. Like you say, Tom, there's only one point in it. So it's still, the gap's still there to be closed. But it's, you know, it's lifting everybody's spirits again for Dundee to go again. Yeah, I mean, even Mark McGee couldn't go last night because he's tested positive for COVID and hopefully it's not too severe and he's back soon but it's one of these things you know, it, it seems to be it never rains but it pours the, 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 there's the trauma and controversy of them changing manager the manager's ill there's players have had COVID in in the past couple of weeks there's there's injuries and stuff like that but in the end is somebody whether it's whether it's the manager's back or his assistant Today, somebody's got to lift heads cause, and, t- and show them the league. That it's not where they want to be, but it's they're still in there. Yeah, and the thing that bears saying towards the end about is the, is the manner in which you lose the game. And we were speaking about this before we came on. It's probably the worst feeling in the world as a supporter when your team loses a goal in the very last minute that loses a game. Conversely, it's probably the, one of the best feelings in the world if your team scores that goal. And then it's... For the third thing, we'll know this as journalists, is probably the worst feeling in the world, regardless of who scored the goal, because you have to wrap up the intro that you've been sitting on for the last 10 minutes, thinking you're, thinking you're cooking with gas and you're ready to send your... your That's no in. problem to a man of your words. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, but um, what you're saying, I think that actually the manner of, of the, the defeat is, is, is something that will contribute to their heads being down. They'll have walked out, basically it's the, almost the last kick of the ball. The fans have walked out went really dejected about it realising that it's a missed opportunity to, to get points to board in their game in hand um, and the players will be looking at it and thinking, God, that's, you know, that's down and out and you're talking about all the contributing factors about COVID to the manager, COVID to the players injuries and stuff like that, it does seem that way when you're down at the bottom that things just go against you, you know, even on the pitch when you're in games, you're, the, the chance they would have just, just scraped in off the post, hits the base of the post and comes out, things like that happen to you when you're down at that end of the table, you don't Managers talk about it. it. Sounds like cliche, the rugby queen, but you don't always get it when you're at, when you're at level. You don't. It just doesn't work for you. So it's really down to them. As they're going to earn their crust. I mean, Dundee made a, a really surprise, I think, decision to to get rid of James McPeak when they did, um, and it's now down to the test to test that metal of that decision and see have Mark McGee have 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 his assistant saying Russ have they got what it takes to, to lift the club and get them and to get them lifted for these last eight games of the season. Yeah, Bear, you, you mentioned there, there's players on their knees at the end. Was there anybody going around picking them up and saying, come on, there's, no, another, there's well, another game? No, there wasn't. There that, wasn't. That worries me more. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. There isn't anybody saying, look, it's, it's Which a lot of these boys are either injured or ill just now, the, the McGowans and the Adams. Yeah, I mean, one boy you, you could probably look at is Carney Kerr, who was, you know, he was probably one who was still you know, trying to get get boys going again, but um, yeah, is that is a, a concern? Um, I think uh, what I'm seeing in, the, in certainly the, the game against Motherwell, 
And and last night, Dundee did have a better shape about them. They look as though they're more compact. Obviously, they've lost a bad goal towards the end. Um, but they need to find a way to, to start creating genuine chances. Everything seems to be half chances for me. They brought on uh, Zach Rudden last night and Zach's been out for a while. And it, looks, it looked to me like Zach Rudden hadn't seen a ball in two weeks, to be perfectly honest. He, he looked a mile off at, you know, where he needs to be and that might not be the laddie's fault, it, w- w- what's been going on. Um, but he's, Did he have touch COVID as well? Yeah. I was... I don't know. I'm. I'm not sure. I think he, he did now. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say. I've heard. I've heard a few. A, a few instances, especially younger people. I think he might have been a close contact. I'm not, I'm not sure. Younger people have tested positive and been going. Oh, I don't feel anything. I don't feel ill. But then, yeah. when they go back to training, they suddenly go. Wait a minute. I'm a bit tired here, yeah. and they're, they're yeah. struggling. There's, there's a bit of fatigue involved, even when they've not felt particularly bad during it. So yeah. It's not, a, it's not a good thing to have at any time. And the thing is that, I mean, I've, I've spoken about this the time of the season when they, they had COVID cases. It affects everybody differently, you know. And we can't just say, oh, well, well it used to be a 10-day isolation. People can't just say, oh, well, that's fine, you'll be back to training, you'll be back to 100%. No. Some people might, but then other people, it might take them weeks, months, you know. And athletes, regardless of how fit they are, it can affect them, you know. So we don't know. You don't yeah. know. You can... It's, it's hard, we'd have to take that into consideration yeah. when we're looking at it. It is difficult, and the, the game was in the, on a knife edge. Right? So up until about sort of 65, 70 minutes, when Dundee had to take a couple of guys off. You know, Max Anderson went off, he'd, he'd run his race, he'd had, he'd had a good game. Luke McEwen had, had, you know, had, had done a lot of good things in the game, but looked tired. Uh, Declan McDade, again, playing as a striker, obviously looked tired because he ran his heart on the ground. So they, they made a few changes. But it didn't really help Dundee, I don't think. And I think it gave St Mirren. Dundee sort of lost their way a wee bit. And the, the other players who were tiring as well. Niall McGinn is, is such a good player. You see him on the ball, he doesn't give the ball away. And at the start of the game last night, he was terrific. He was he was buzzing about. But he's not got the legs to go for 90 minutes anymore. And even even he sort of started to lose it a wee, a wee bit. You know, that, that, that sharpness to get to the ball. And uh, St Mirren had them pinned back in the, in the last 20 minutes. But I thought they were going to see it out. But unfortunately... I wasn't, and it's how how they respond to that now. It's how they lost myself. It's probably a good thing that the cup ties coming on Sunday. I think because it is a game that no one outside, maybe a few diehard Dundee supporters, think they've got a chance in. So anything they go and do, they can take as a positive. It also gives them another week to get a few more players back. You see that. You see the last night. Dundee Dundee aren't a, a, a good enough squad. A squad. They haven't got a good enough squad to be without Charlie and to be without Paul McGowan. To be without Danny Mullins, for, for all Danny Mullins got his critics that he doesn't get enough goals, he's still a recognised centre-forward who can get you up the park. He's a guy who can get his body in between the ball and big defenders and win you free kicks. And when you're under the cost a wee bit of time, that's what you need sometimes. There's somebody who, could, who can do that. Um, so it's... The big thing is, how, how, do they, how do they make that transition from sort of being, being a good shape, a tight side, to creating chances and winning games? They've got to try and hang in. They're fighting for their lives. That's, that's what the, the Mark McGee's got to get across to the players. They're fighting for their, Every game should be played as though it's their last game. You've said that there looks a better shape about them. Mark McGee's still looking for his first win after five in charge, I think it is. But they have, the last three games, there's been signs of them being at least harder to beat, although they've still lost a couple of games. But it strikes me, is, is Mark McGee's big job between now and the end of the season actually getting into the players' heads and trying to get it, I mean, make it fun, get them positive, get them defiant, anything, but not have them on their knees like they were at the final whistle last night. Is that the big big thing he's got to really do? 
Yeah, the, the teams, the teams down there, the teams that survive at this stage of the season are the ones that, that believe they can win football matches. They go, they go into it. They actually do. It. I mean, I'm, we're not talking about a different league, and they're not, they're not in our league. But I'm looking down at the championship. Queen of the South um, were looked down and out a few weeks ago. They've changed their manager and they've, they've transformed the team. You know, they've, they've gone on a, a, a winning run of games and suddenly you're looking at them as one of the four teams. That's the kind of team that and the mentality that Dundee need. And they need that, that. It needs to come from the manager. It needs to come from the players. Somebody needs to go around that dressing room and tell them, look, we are only a point behind here. If we can win a couple of games, we're not talking about winning all eight games. If we can win a couple of games, we could be one with a real fighting chance of, of at least getting in the playoffs. And then when you go in the playoffs, then you've got you've got a focus and a, a and and something to aim for. Like I talked about the three games before the split, you know what you have to do when you're in the playoffs. Um, and Dundee last season, the the core of that squad, albeit a completely different scenario with playoffs, they've got experience of playing in the playoffs. So if they can get in, then then they, they might have a fighting chance. You know, I think realistically, it is sadly between our two teams to see who's going to be relegated and who's going to be in the playoffs. I can't see them hauling Aberdeen in. Um, I'm looking at the gap in the table just now. Eight points between St Johnston and Aberdeen is quite a big gap at this stage of the season when, when, you've, when you're talking about sides that are struggling to win football matches. And Bear, there's a one, one basis for hope that, I mean, the message I'd be, if I was in the dressing room, I would be saying to players, they are, unfortunately in a lot of ways, but they're a streaky team. And, and they got promoted last season from nowhere. Because they went on a run, and 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 most of their points this season actually came from a six or seven game spell where they managed to win four games. So is that the kind of thing you hammer into the players and say, "Hey, one win can lead to two or three wins." You've shown that. Mm-hmm. You know that yourselves. Come on, get up and get going. The other thing I think, I mean, it's only a small thing, but I'd, if I was the manager, I'd be saying, "Guys, see when the final whistle goes, you wave to the fans and run off, whatever the whatever the score." That's it. That's what we do. We run off the park and we start preparing for the next game and just get it into their heads that this is a this goes this goes in deep into May. Mm-hmm. It's not over if you lose in the last minute of something. Because if if they are sinking to their knees now, they've no chance. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You need everybody on board and that and you take the fans where you on that one. Good good bye, they're indifferent, Tom. You you're saying, you know, about winning a game. Um, where does that win come from? That's that's what that's what we're looking for. Whether it's going to be a, a lucky break or, or whatever, that you need a catalyst to get you get you going. Sometimes, and at the moment, at Danes with the COVID issues and you know maybe a few injury problems as well, they look as though they're, they're all their trouble. They haven't got their troubles to seek, shall we say? You know, everywhere they turn, the managers. Well, he's got a six-game ban anyway, but he can't even go in the stand because he picks up COVID as well. And, uh, I don't think that's a good thing, you know. I, I mean, obviously, he's he's now still going to be out. That'll be one more game he'll have to... I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know how that works. You and it, it, I, don't, I don't think they, they would do that because I think if a player was injured and he was suspended, they, 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 don't, they yeah. don't say it carries on. So no, he's, ma- he's, down, he's manager in the other game, so right, that's, okay, that's so one game he's right, done. Well, that, that would be a harsh of the sentiment right. later this morning saying, you were sick last yeah, night, it doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Where's the SFA, though? <laughs> no, I think, I think it'll be after. No, it is. It's, it's definitely one just, more. I'm just hoping that, you know, they've got a few games before the split. If we get to the split in the, in the, in the, in the situation, but we're still in now, I wouldn't be too unhappy if it still meant that St Johnston and Dundee were still neck and neck because you know what you've got to do. And the good thing is, you're all playing the same teams. You're all playing teams that are in the bottom six, and it's whoever whoever finds that, that bit of form. But Dundee need, Dundee need to find something. 
Um, and I need to find it, find it soon. Um, because Well, I mean, if not a result, could the catalyst for a revival be a performance against Rangers in the Cup on Sunday? Well, ideally, that you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I'm just thinking, uh, you can imagine what it would be like this morning if Dundee had scored yeah. in the last minute, with the last kick of the ball last night, how how the, the mood would have changed. Transformational. Yeah, so that's the sort of thing you're actually... We'd have been slurring our words, but we'd have been <laughs> drinking champagne. <laughs> Pushing for a European spot. Um, Maybe what Arsenal or words, <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. And you've got to take cup down. What I would say about the cup now is there's no replays. So that gives that gives the, the smaller team a bit of an advantage that, in that you, you basically just have to, <laughs> you just basically have to keep it all square for 120 minutes against the, the old firm um, in these games. And it goes to penalties. And then you've still got to win penalties, but it's a much easier task than having to go Ibrox and do it all again, I've got to say. Um, but yeah, why not? I mean, Rangers Rangers might have their eye off the ball a wee bit. I always think when you're playing, I mean, Rangers are in Europe tonight. Um, so they maybe have their eye off the ball a wee bit. I mean, but they have been per- performing well. There's, there can be no doubt about that. But, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all about on the day and decisions that can happen on the day. You could, you could find it. You know, you get something going for you for once. You get Rangers maybe go down to ten men. It depend, depend. You maybe get a penalty kick. You know, we're, we're clutching a wee bit. But these are the sort of things that can happen that can change a game. And for Dundee to get a result can change their season. And that's that's what they've got. They've got to have belief in themselves. But the, the main thing is, is they get out there and they put the the Dunfield sorry for themselves. Because that that rubs off on the fans as well. And before you know it, you know you're, the game's over before half time. And you've got you've got a scenario where you've got fans who've, who have paid good money for tickets walking out the stadium, even though it is against the old firm because the game is, is in the can effectively. Um, so they've got to go out there and give it a, a real solid solid show, and then they've got to do it all again the next week against Rangers because they're. Is that you know, is that the thing about playing the old firm? Whether it's a cup or the league at this time of the season, is stay in the game for as long as possible because the longer it goes, when Rangers and Celtic are vying with each other for the title. They want beds, beds put to game. Games put to bed <laughs> as early as possible. So the longer it goes and they're still having to fight for, for the victory, they tend to get a bit frustrated and, and a bit distracted, if you like, or can do. So it's yeah, yeah, also also the fact that they was talking about Europe, European football, you can't discount that. I mean, you put so much um, mental and physical energy into a European match before before a, before they come into a league match that you often find the old firm struggle in the game after that you know you often find that they fatigue and it sounds ridiculous because you would think that their players are conditioned to play a lot of games and they and they might be fitter than they might see out games and they do often win games like one but you do often find that the game after that the old firm sides are fatigued and I'm a stat man and I know that I know the stats that I put down, I put down are maybe from recent history, maybe not reflective of what Dundee have been like this season. But Dundee's recent home record against Rangers, I looked at it, is impressive. You know, out of the last four games, they've won twice, they've drawn, and they've only lost one now. If I'm right in saying that, yeah. I looked at the stats and, and I know that I know that we need to kind of count some of those games where a few years ago because of league situation and stuff like Rangers were a different. Um, Proposition to what they are at this moment in time, but at least you're not going into it saying we've not beaten Rangers at home for 25 years or anything like that. You know, you're going into it with with a basis that the yeah. side in recent history has beaten Rangers. At I, I think they can take heart from the, the early the game earlier in the season when they were really good against Rangers at Dens. They gave it all, and, and you know, but for Jason Cummins. 
penalty being saved, they, they could have taken something from that that game. But in general, the performance was excellent. You know, you saw them getting getting attack, in attacking areas. You saw, I think it was uh, uh, Jordan Marshall and, and Luke McCowan gave James Devernier a really hard time up up that sort of Dundee's left and, and Rangers right hand side. And normally it's Rangers who are pressing down that side. So they gave him a tough tough day that day. That, that's what that's the sort of game I'd expect to see again on Sunday. And have a have a real go. Get stuck. Get stuck right in. But it's, it's got to be based on you've got to defend well. But Dundee are looking, hopefully... I mean, I thought Ibsen Rossi did well last night to, to a point, unfortunately. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I, I thought he did well to a point uh, up until the, the very last kick of the ball, obviously. Um, but there's no doubt that Lee Ashcroft brings a different, a different, whole different dimension to Dundee's back four. And alongside Ryan Sweeney, who I thought has been excellent this season. You know, if, if you can def- do that and defend well, you know, Dundee have got a chance. Well, hopefully they do. Time will tell. After this, it's Ewan's favourite subject. Time for part three and no prizes for guessing that Ewan did the schedule for this week's show. Come on then. Right, okay, okay. Well, I mentioned the word first, it's that growth. Right, but it's actually Dick Campbell because I think we should celebrate this. Well, I'm going to celebrate it anyway. It's um, Dick Campbell. It was Dick Campbell's sixth anniversary of being appointed our growth manager during the week. Um, and on that day... Yes, those of you who are married will know six is the big anniversary. <laughs> well, it's been a fantastic six years, <laughs> to be honest with you. I just told you there's going to be seven years. Actually, Super six. Else, but, um, but no, I mean, on that day, he actually went down to Berwick and he lost 3-0 and they were second bottom of League 2. And let's put it in the context, they're still top of the championship. Well, oh, you were you were you were throwing the towel in last week. Well, they're still top at the moment. I hope anybody's not listening after Friday night when Kilmarnock play and possibly beat air and then I'll go for not top of the championship that day. However, I, as we are recording, no, they'll be watching that. They'll be listening to this. Yeah, but what the reason why I put this down the list? It wasn't really to talk about our growth, although I do like talking about that subject matter. It was more to talk about characters in football and Dick Campbell being one of the. The great characters in football, I've known him for a long time, over 20 years, I've had so many laughs with him, so many funny moments with him. I love him, I think he's brilliant, he's one-liner quips and everything like that. I'm really going to miss someone of his ilk, because there's not so many of them about in football just now, but I wondered if we could go around the table and we could talk about some of the characters we've encountered over the years in football, you know, and some of the funny... They're all grumpy here. Something something to do with managing Dundee (laughs) and United makes you really grumpy. It's not a funny business in this city. Just while we're on, did you hear him on the radio before the game against Dunfermline last week? You should always remember that he's got a history at Dunfermline. He was was Dunfermline on a high after drawing at home to Kilmarnock last week. He said, I was at Dunfermline nine years and never regarded a draw with Kilmarnock. East End Park is a good result. (laughs) (laughs) The poor reporter was like, what? (laughs) They've hardly won a game. No, no, no. (laughs) It was great. It was brilliant. But... There's been a few. I mean, here, um, funnily, funnily enough, I, like I say, managers managers at Dens and Tannadice tend to be quite serious. Eh? You, you can have your laughs with them. You had been ethical. Oh, he, he was a character. He was a crazy guy. He used to say some things. He, used to, he once said to me, if you can't get me, make something up. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, 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 I know the public might not think so, but it doesn't really work like that, Ivano. And he was like, Okay, and he 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 was a he was so a laugh. Not, so not a transfer story we have in the youth, but the, you, I'm sure there's a transfer story involving quite a large sum of money that wasn't an accurate figure that the final told. Well, yes, 
there, there was a, it was Marco Riccati who they signed on loan from one of the uh, Milan clubs he'd been a he had a great CV but he was actually a, Marco was a reserve goalkeeper in Serie A that was his career and Dundee signed him on loan and um, Ivano for some reason in the press conference decided to say we've agreed that if he does well we'll sign him for a million pounds at the end of the season <laughs> And there were gasps from the gallery. And after the press conference, she said to me, should I not have said a million? Was that too much? And I, and I huffed this. I said, Ivano, shut up. You said a million publicly. You're not changing it now. And he went, oh, okay. The thing about Dundee at that point though, was that things were so crazy at that point and bizarre that you wouldn't have actually oh, put, it, put it past yeah. them. Pay, paying a million pounds for a player. You know, you wouldn't have put it past them. They paid that in wages for players. <laughs> they were crazy. Well, I mean, I, 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 I was thinking about this coming in, and uh, a, a few of the character, a few of the funniest characters, you know, the, are the, the left field characters that uh, uh, I encountered down down the years were probably players. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Dundee. Yeah, I don't think I've met anyone who was crazier than Jerry Britton. And yeah, I mean, a story about Jerry, it just goes to show you, again, your CV can can sort of disguise what your character's like. Really, Jerry's got about three or four degrees, was a successful lawyer before he went back into football as Patrick Thistle's uh, chief executive. And, and uh, But he used to drive through from Glasgow with George Shaw and George, uh, we George came up with a great quip. He said, uh, when it's Jerry's turn to drive, I sleep. When it's my turn to drive, he does another degree. But... But that's it. I mean, Jerry, that, Dundee reached the 95 uh, League Cup final, and I tried to interview Jerry for a preview, and it was just nonsense. It was the lot. Remember the old North Stand, that we stand at the top? Jerry had cottoned on that this was the last game before it got demolished. And he did this feature with me, or tried to do this feature with me, about dedicating the final to the memory of the North Stand. And I was like, I can't write that, Jerry. He's no no, and that's all he'd speak about. And he was just he was a funny guy. The other, other loads of characters on the pitch. I mean, on the other side of the uh, uh, pitch, one of one I was always really, really fond of uh, uh, as a personality that didn't match his demeanour on the park. Dave Bowman is uh, Dave Bowman is such a, a quite an easygoing, likable guy off yes. the pitch, but he, he earned his his psycho uh, name on it. Dave Dave wasn't scared of anybody. He, he just and and, and he, he loved Jim McLean. He wasn't even scared of Jim McLean because he accept he, he accepted that when Jim McLean slaughtered him, there was always a reason for it, and he always took it on board. So th things like that didn't bother him. But ironically, I remember late in his career at Forfar, um, he was playing in a pre-season game against uh, Plymouth, that, who Paul Sturrock, one of his great mates, had brought up uh, in the summer. And, and it was actually the late Dick Donnelly and myself were speaking to him before the game while the rest of the forward players were warming up. And and Bo, Bo said to us, I'm just enjoying it now. I've calmed down. It's just a bit of fun. I really enjoy helping out here and helping the young players. It's great. Fast forward 20 minutes into the game, a young Plymouth player went right through him. And Bo cool as you like, caught up and the lad had landed on his backside, Bo bent down and picked him up by the throat and put him on his feet and went, you didn't want to do that, son. <laughs> and then he came off at half-time because it was a pre-season game and we're speaking to him in the second half and he, he said, did I say you guys had calmed down? 
<laughs> no, that just summed him up. Once he got in a park, he was lethal. He really was. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, obviously you guys have spent a, a lot more time, a lot closer than me to the players. But on the other occasion, I was I was thrown in when Tom was was off on holiday and I went up and and did, did a spot interview and that. I mean, Tom's right. You know, a lot of the the managers at Dens and Tandys have been on a wee bit on the grumpy side. You remember Jockey and you know. I mean, a lot of them should have, like Jockey's a great example. Yeah. Great, great company away from yeah. his job, but yeah. sadly, especially for Dundee managers, a lot of them, a lot of their time between nine to five, if yeah. you like, was spent dealing with major problems. Yeah, I mean, the one thing for me when I was on, I was just looking for somebody to speak, you know, pick up the phone and speak and make life as easy as possible for you. And I thought I mean, that, that was in an era when you know we would phone the manager in the morning. You would get a line for the, for the, the first edition, and you would go up and see him every day, bar one day, I think Wednesday off maybe, and you'd get to go in and sit in with the local press. Would get to go and sit in with the manager every single day. If you wanted a player every single day, most managers would just say, "They're in the change room. Go and go and chat on the door." And life was just so easy. I mean, it wasn't. It was it was a brilliant time. But yeah, jockey jockey was was fine. You know, you know, like like Tom said, it was just it was just the nature of jockey. The way he was everything seemed sort of you know he always he sat he seemed to sit in his chair and he pulled his he always had his really tummy onto me and pulled it down and everything looked doom and gloom. Even when he had the team going great in the top flight, you know, he had the, had them, them working away and no never a, a thought of relegation. Um, other managers who have been great, Alex Smith. A terrific man, a gentleman. Gentleman. He knew when I went on the phone to him in the morning. I would say, you know, what's happening, and he would know you were looking for a line. He would understand that you had to do a job as well. And I would say, oh, you know, what's happening? He said, Graham, it's still pretty much the same as it was yesterday. There's no much going on. He says, but I'll tell you what, you know, we've got maybe this young lad in the reserves, and he would come up and he would he would wax lyrical about a young boy he thought was doing really well and had a chance of being in the in the first team. But would give you something for the back page, and he understood that really nice guy. Another guy, Craig Levine, also spoke yeah. very well. I mean, he didn't suffer fools gladly. If he thought you were maybe overstepping the mark, he'd be first straight first to tell you. But spoke really well, and and you know picked up the phone, which as you know as a journalist, that's the, that's the most important thing. Somebody that's willing to speak to you. It's the, it's the phone calls that you make, and no, and you just get you know the answer machine time after time. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a slightly different from 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 you guys, but I was always looking to make life easier. It's so much more difficult today, I understand, for journalism and the way that you're drip-fed information from the clubs. And I still think that that certainly from from a local point of view, from a local perspective, clubs should should look after the local journalists and and make sure that you know there's there's always stuff that has to be written, you and and people have got to understand that which might not be nice, and we we'll, we'll write it. But the main thing is that, you know, we're trying to, to, as much as they're trying to promote their club, we're trying to promote and do well. Because we, if the clubs are doing well, it's a known fact, we, we sell newspapers on the back of that. If your club's doing well and things are going well, you tend to do better business-wise. Everybody all around, so, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I've, I've got one story that's a character for John Lambie. Did I tell you my John Lambie story? No. John Lambie, a character, come on. John Lambie, John Lambie used to send pigeons on races and things like that, but... John Lambie, I tell you, I'm a lot when he was at Party Fissle. I know this isn't a Party Fissle podcast, but um, I was up to do a feature on him and he was a, a character. I, I you yes. mentioned a lot of Dick Campbell. There, there's a lot of similarities, n- not least the fact that they swear a lot. <laughs> but um, but so never to, with a microphone in front of them. I was up to do a feature with him and I was up with a photographer and we wanted to give us perception because he liked to smoke a cigar or two as well, John Lambie. And um, he had a dingy wee office up at Fur Hill 
Um, and the photographer wanted to almost get him coming out of the smoke so uh, for the image. So I had to lie physically under a desk, his desk, and puff cigar smoke up to, in front of his face to give this illusion of smoke. Remember, this is a family show. Well, well it is, but that's... that's <laughs> You're exactly, lying under his desk. That, that's exactly what I had to do. And he, and he just emerged from this smoke-filled room so that there was a, a classic image that summed up John Lambie. But that, those are the days... He's passed, you know, and that's why I talk about Dick Campbell because he's one of the the last of that ilk, I think. And I'm, and it's going to be a sad day. We need more characters in football like that. We need we need, we need guys that are you're going to like. I liked Benetti because Benetti was. Um, I remember it was going, off the cuff. Yeah, he was. I remember going to a game against uh, Harps. We played and they drew one each. It was the most boring game. You've been probably at that game. It was the most boring game in the world. I was thinking, God, how are we going to get a line out of the managers after this? And then I remember he went on a, this big rant about Hearts and was saying, oh, they're a big team, big money, big ideas, but they're in big, big trouble. Uh, I always remember thinking, this is brilliant. Because we never, even, we never even pushed for that as journalists. We were just saying, what did you think of the game? And he just decided at that point he would stir the pot a little bit with Hearts. So you missed that. You missed that. Yeah, it's funny. I remember Ivano after a defeat at Hearts saying, I'm really frustrated. No disrespect to Hearts, but we're a much better team than them and we should be beating them and I'm really disappointed. And I could see, I don't think you were there, you know, so was your, some of their colleague, your former colleagues in the red tops were rubbing their hands and in, <laughs> in walks Craig Levine and, and somebody said, Craig, Ivano Benetti said, Dundee are a much better team than Hearts and should be beating them. And they were waiting for the eruption and Craig Levine killed the story dead with the words, I think I agree with them. <laughs> 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 he knew what he was doing. He says, I'm not. We've won. Yeah, That's it. Move on. Anyway, great stuff, guys. You've, if nothing else, you've cheered me up this week because I was feeling depressed about my local teams. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice or go to thetelly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>